Hi, welcome to the Miranda Rights Podcast. I'm Crystal. I'm Vanessa. We have the right to remain silent, but we probably won't. Want to do this again? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So we uploaded last night and then we heard the sound and all you hear is this in the background. It was awful. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. I was so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So let's do this again. I'm sorry, guys. Mm hmm. It'll probably be a little bit better anyways if we do redo it because we kind of know pretty much. You were really tired last night. Yeah, I was exhausted. She was like, oh, I want to do this. Like, <laughs> How was your week? It was good. Busy, I think. Yeah, mine was really busy too. Yeah, I don't remember it, so it probably was good. I don't remember <laughs> mine either. <laughs> Jesus, we're getting old. <laughs> okay, so... Our episode tonight will be titled What Not to Do. Mm-hmm. It is the story about it is a story of Rachel Morningstar Hoffman. Mm-hmm. So Rachel was born in Clearwater, Florida on December 17th, 1984 to Irv and Margie Hoffman. Okay. Margie's last name has since changed now to Weiss because she got remarried. Mm-hmm. Margie said that Rachel was conceived on a windjama while her and Irv were honeymooning in the Caribbean. It must be nice to honeymoon in the Caribbean. <laughs> to honeymoon, period. <laughs> <laughs> On a wind jammer. So I if you know. guys don't know what a wind jammer is, it's like a big sailboat. And it has like all those like little um, flags. Those little, I call them flags, but what are they like? Like sails? Sails, yeah. Mm-hmm. The sail Sail tarps yeah. or whatever. Sail tarps, yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, they look like the ships that you put in the bottle, the clear bottle. Yeah, like and, the pirate ship. Mm-hmm, yeah, kind of. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, a year after she was born, her parents decided they would separate and go their own way. Okay. Rachel had a pretty normal childhood considering the circumstances. Her parents made sure that she kept busy and signed her up for a lot of extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. She was a brownie. So that's a Girl Scout brownie. Um, they're second level in the Girl Scout world. Yes. They're typically in the second and third grade during that time. Okay. So she was also a ballerina, an equestrian, okay. and a Weeki Wachi Springs Little Mermaid con- contestant. Mm. Contestant. <laughs> she was busy. She was busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, once she started high school, Rachel was a pretty level-headed student. Mm-hmm. Uh, she never allowed her grades to slip and always maintained at least an A to B average. That's pretty good. That is good. Uh-huh. Throughout her teenage years, Rachel was frolicsome and exuberant. Mm-hmm. She had learned to play the flute, piano, hiked the Grand Canyon, and gone skydiving all by the time she was 18 years old. Wow. That is pretty active. Yeah. I don't know what she, the hell I, was, I well, did by the time I was 18. I didn't 18. do shit by the time I was 18. It's like a low life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're it was like a low life back then. I still am, but <laughs> <laughs> I just don't ever remember Jeez. being that active at all ever. Me neither. Still not. <laughs> yeah. <Can't. laughs> in 2003, Rachel was enrolled and started her freshman year of college at Florida State University. She maintained a B average while in college, which might have been a little challenging considering that it was one of the most prestigious divisions of research in the U.S. on the south side of the hood, on the southeast side of the hood over there. Okay. The hood is the U.S. <laughs> oh, okay. The U.S. hood. Okay. So she was on the southeast side of the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
At 23 years old, Rachel had completed um, dual undergraduate degrees in psychology and criminology. Wow. She had traveled internationally and interned at a mental health institute. Mm-hmm. All of this before she was 20, by the time she was 23. Wow. Rachel had recently been accepted into a, into a culinary arts school here in Arizona. Okay. I don't know which one. I think. Yeah. It wasn't the cordon bleu. I don't think we have a cordon bleu here. Oh. I don't think so. No. I think it was like um, the Culinary Institute of Arts or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, she would be heading out to these parts, extremely motivated and determined to start her own practice and create a new type of therapy. Rachel had explained to her dad that she wanted to be able to offer something more than just sitting on a couch, like talking about their problems, mm-hmm. like, you know, clients talking about their problems to her. Um, she wanted to start a culinary arts camp for abused and neglected children where she could instill healthy coping mechanisms, life skills, and integrate therapy through preparing delicious meals. Mm, that was a really good idea. That that's a good a, idea. That's really right? awesome. Because, you know, there's kind of like all kinds of therapies, like animal therapies, like yeah. horses when people art go. Art therapy. Yeah. Art therapy. Yeah, equestrian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Things like that. That is like such an awesome idea. That is a good idea. Mm-hmm. She probably would have went really far on doing yeah. that. Uh, Rachel appeared to be a well-rounded individual, but like the rest of the world, she wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Rachel had her flaws like we all do and started smoking pot in high school and it continued into college. Mm-hmm. Even though Rachel smoked in high school and college, she was still able to maintain her grade point average, graduate high school and obtain dual degrees. Nice. So to me, that's impressive. Very impressive. You have to be like really motivated, but mm-hmm. I know like some people smoke weed to like mellow them out because mm-hmm. they're so hyped up all the time mm-hmm. or their anxiety is so bad and then it calms them down and they're probably able mm-hmm. to focus a lot more. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to come up with reasons. I mean, it's still <laughs> illegal clearly, but <laughs> it's but... not a drug. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see, like, both sides of it. Yeah. The whole yeah. point of it is, like, it's illegal. It is, yeah. So it's illegal. You shouldn't do it. Well, I mean, I don't give a shit about anybody else. I'm just saying, well, like, I, it's just, you know, it's illegal, obviously. If and there's I think, laws in place to yes. not use or well, distribute yes. and all of that. I mean. But I think now they're starting to realize all the... All the, the benefits, the benefits, health of it. benefits, yes. yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people suffer from anxiety and they suffer from right. ADHD and ADD mm-hmm. and all these things, and mm-hmm. it gives something to just mellow them out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And also, like I know it helps a lot of cancer patients and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which is really weird to me. But yeah. I'm sure, like, well, even in a lot of other things, like, um, you know, with kids that are uh like nonverbal or mm-hmm. they can't move mm-hmm. you know like they're not mobile mm-hmm. i should say but you know again this was back in the day like you know this mm-hmm. is back in the day before all the medicinal benefits mm-hmm. started surfacing and crap like that so mm-hmm. anyways yeah mm-hmm. um so Rachel's parents continued to support her financially while she was enrolled in college. Her father paid her rent for the apartment, her car note, and sent her gifts for groceries about every couple of weeks or so. Mm-hmm. He also paid for like her toiletries and stuff like that for the house. Um, I'm nice. sure her mom paid, helped pay for uh, some stuff too, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, I don't know. 
but it didn't really say what she paid for. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, whatever. It just like listed all the things her dad paid for. Mm -hmm. So Margie, if you paid for stuff, Mm -hmm. good for you. We're talking about you too, because I'm sure you did. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, hmm. uh, what else was I going to say? She lost her place. I lost my place. (laughs) I did. Um, so in the, so what Rachel was doing though, was she was selling small amounts of marijuana and maybe some pills, some pills here and there, Mm. like for extra income. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rachel was always negligent and carried weed on her at all times. That's a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. Do not do that. Um, In her senior year of college, she was stopped for a traffic violation and the officer found around 25 grams, less than an ounce of marijuana in her bolsa. Mm -hmm. That's a person Spanish. Mm -hmm. So Florida is super strict with their drug laws. So much so that 20 grams of marijuana, which is eight grams shy of an ounce, is a felony there. Mm -hmm. That's like three quarters of a sandwich baggie. You know, the sandwich baggies that they have. You know, it's like three quarters full of that. Wow. In case y'all were wondering. That's a lot. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was found in her bolsa during the traffic stop, and that was enough for the officer to detain her on a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida acts like they're not the... I put in here. Florida acts like they're not the import, uh, import hub for cocaine and heroin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she was arrested and then, of course, sentenced to a year of drug court, court fees, weekly random UAs, and fines. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, Rachel adhered to her sentence. She was clean and passed all of her UAs, but then she started to get comfortable. Mm. She started smoking again, and then she thought it wouldn't hurt if she started selling just small amounts of weed to her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, during her year in drug court, she missed a random UA, just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel had been out of town to attend a funeral with a childhood friend whose father had passed away suddenly. Mm. Um, Irv, her dad, her biological mm-hmm. dad is Jewish and in turn, so was Rachel. Mm-hmm. They regularly attended the synagogue for worship. And so did the family that she had went to the funeral for. Okay. That's how they knew them. Cause they, um, worshiped at the synagogue together. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who don't know what a synagogue is, it's a Jewish assembly or as mm-hmm. Christians like to call them churches. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a church basically. Okay. So I didn't know that they called them synagogues. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Just, I mean, I don't know really much about religion in general. So. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I mean, mm-hmm. I just figured everything was called a church. That's what I thought. Just shows so. how much we know. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Really? Um, the reason I included her religion is because a lot of people form bonds with others through religion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, for me, like, I, I feel like I understand why Rachel felt it was important for her to attend that funeral. Right. You know? Right. Also, Rachel's parents had no idea, mm-hmm. like, what was going on. So she couldn't, if she, so if she didn't attend the funeral, what was she going to tell them? Like, right. like, I'm sorry, I can't go to the funeral because I have to drop a random UA. They had right. no idea she was doing that. Like, mm-hmm. anything was going on. Um. So, and, and it's also important to note that Rachel was loved by both her parents and her stepfather. They were involved with, like, her dad and her were involved in religion. Mm-hmm. And her mother was even a therapist. Yeah. 
So that just goes to show like how well children mm-hmm. can like your kids can go like mm-hmm. how well they hide things like that mm-hmm. they're going through personally. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like you know um especially like like with Rachel I kind of feel like um she probably felt like she had to maintain this perfect image for mm-hmm. her parents, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so Anyway, I just wanted to put that in there to raise awareness to parents mm-hmm. <laughs> and potential parents um, that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, your kids aren't, aren't, no matter what you do, no matter what set of rules you go by, yeah, your kids are your kids and they're going to, they're their own person. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, you know, for a lot of reasons, I'm sure she hit it, you know, probably mm-hmm. didn't want to be a disappointment. Maybe the help would have stopped, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. obviously, if you're getting in trouble, most parents are going to be like, oh, here you go. Let's get in more trouble and I'll just support you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to be like, no, if you're going to get in trouble, put yourself mm-hmm. in bad situations, you're not going to get the help anymore. Yeah, exactly. So every reason in the book for her not to say anything yeah. or to be well, shady or and, whatever. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like all kids kids are like that like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? no matter and that's i guess that's what i'm saying like when you're a parent you don't know what how your child is gonna grow how they're gonna grow up to be mm-hmm. you know like so like we were talking about it the other day like you were like it's always like that in every family there's always a fuck up there's always somebody mm-hmm. that's mediocre and there's always somebody that overachieves mm-hmm. so and it's true like mm-hmm. you you know i mean i don't know i just think that that it's important to know that no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, mm-hmm. your kids are your kids and they're going to, and I just, just think they're it, their own person. Yeah. And it just boils down to the individual. I mean, yeah, you, you exactly. have people that, you know, come from, you know, a very, um, sad or, um, what a traumatic childhood mm-hmm. and then they become something great, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Or you have some people that are brought up in the best of circumstances and then they're pieces of shit. Yeah. They don't, you know, they're, um, and it's always that fight, like nature versus nurture. I right. think like, you know, and, and cause at the end of the day, I feel like it, it just all boils down to that person, to the individual. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. 110%. 110%. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> So because of her missing that random UA, she was sentenced to one weekend in jail. Mm. During that weekend, it made Rachel realize that she wouldn't like to live in prison. Mm. But that still didn't stop her from selling weed. <laughs> she Not thought money. it would work in her best interest to be more selective of who she sold to. Mm. Um, so on April 17th, 2008, the Tallahassee Police Department raided Rachel's apartment. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. Um, Rachel was on her way out when an unmarked um, vehicle pulled behind her, not allowing her to leave her parking spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Two men in suits walked towards Rachel and identified themselves as law enforcement. They were there to execute a search warrant. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a typical raid, though. Like, there was no SWAT people in gear, all geared up, ready to fucking... Not like the movies. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not like the movies. It was not like that. Um... It was pretty laid back. It was a very casual, mellow type of raid. Um, the officers asked if there was anything in the apartment that they should know about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she told them. It wasn't said. Um, in any case, during that raid, they uncovered drug paraphernalia, marijuana pipes, mm-hmm. just under a quarter pound of marijuana, two Valium pills, and four ecstasy pills. 
Wow. Rachel was facing some serious felony charges. I smell a rat. You think so? Mm-hmm. Who do you think said something? Because this is my whole or my whole thing. As I was, you know, like going into this, like they had to have been watching her. Um, because how would they know to go raid her house? Like, yeah, she missed the UA. I get that. Mm-hmm. But they're not gonna go do. They're not gonna go execute a search warrant on a raid for her house like that. That just seems a bit extreme. Like well, that's in yeah. violation of the drug court of the sentencing but it's not like she missed all of these uas she missed one ua and she was like almost done with with the drug court and stuff right well and i think in that case like i mean if if you know like law enforcement or just anybody in general i mean your motto is you pick the weakest link yeah that's true you know what i'm saying the person that absolutely probably has the most to lose absolutely that will Mm -hmm. fight to cover up and that doesn't know any better they'll fight they'll fight to um stay out of prison because that's not their lifestyle right their lifestyle is not a prison yeah they don't come from that Mm -hmm. type of background you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i mean that's just that's just um instinct you know what i'm saying and especially i feel like in this case um like law enforcement i mean who's to say that they said hey i want in a 50 mile radius of whatever i want somebody that will easily be persuaded somebody that has low low profile drug use but that we could manipulate manipulate to our benefit yeah right yep that Which makes sounds sense. kind of like maybe what was going on. Yeah. And also, like, nobody knows whether they actually had a search warrant. Yeah, I'm like, sure I they don't, did not. I don't, I don't think they did. Well, and it she wouldn't sound have, like it. And she wouldn't have known to ask, right? Because she was 23. She had never really been in trouble. Right. Like, how would she know to ask? Like, can I see the search warrant? That's what I was going to say. And something that you said today that I didn't catch last night was that she had a, a degree in criminology. What the hell are they teaching in criminology that she doesn't know to ask for a search warrant? Well, I think they're, when they're, when you're going to school for criminology, it's like, not, what does that it's entail? Not, it entails like um, criminal behavior, like not so much like the law enforcement aspect of it, okay. but just kind of like what you're, what you're going to be looking for in a criminal. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, like a- Kind of like, like a profile, a, like a yeah, criminal profile. Like, like a you're profile. Gonna, you're going to be profiling Like criminals. personalities and yeah, stuff. Because exactly. she was a, a mm-hmm. therapist, right? Or she, she was, was, yeah, she was going to, yeah, because she went to she, her uh, dual psychology psychology and criminology. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay, that yeah, was. Yeah, so that's that what she was question. focusing on was um, being a therapist. Oh, okay. Okay, so that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I was like, criminology? Like, what are they teaching in that shit that she didn't? Think well, to ask, you know what I mean? I think they don't they don't teach you the law enforcement side of it. They're you're looking at it from a different aspect. Like mm-hmm. you're looking at it um Mental-wise. as profiling mm-hmm. a criminal, mm-hmm. right? You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to be like, "Well, when you when you're a cop, like, you know, you mm-hmm. do this and this and They should. They should. Sounds but, like a bunch of bullshit, but they teach that Okay, so then that's what they teach you when you go to the police academy. Mm-hmm. That's where you learn all that stuff. You don't yeah. learn that side in college. Mhm. So, 
Which is bullshit. It is I bullshit. Think they I think they should too if you're mm -hmm. gonna go into law enforcement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the felony charges that she was facing were possession of paraphernalia, maintaining a drug house, mm -hmm. possession of cannabis with intent to sell, possession of a controlled substance, and possession of ecstasy. Mm -hmm. But she was never arrested or charged with these alleged felonies. Mm. Rather, it was explained to her that the police would make the charges go away if she agreed to become a CI, a mm -hmm. confidential informant. Mm. Honestly, like I feel like anytime the police ask anything, it's obviously to benefit them. Yeah. In oh, some yeah. Way. Oh, so yeah. They're never out for the best interest. They're of... kind of like the IRS. <laughs> yeah. Like it's all what. <laughs> well, it's all what's in it for them. them. Yeah. The I mean, government. even as individuals, like people. Yeah. That's how they are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, according to sources that spoke with Rachel, she was told by the officers not to contact her attorney to seek advice. Which is bullshit. It is bullshit. It was then explained to her that if she went to a. Her, oh, I can't talk. It was then explained to her that if she went to her attorney and told him or her about the raid, the attorney would have to go to the drug court. Mm -hmm. She knew that per her sentencing, her initial sentencing, well, mm -hmm. you know, with the traffic violation, they found the baggie of weed. Yeah. Um, that if she continued to place herself in those types of situations, they would extend her program time and she would not be able to be utilized as a CI um, to work off that possible four-year sentence, prison sentence. Mm -hmm. So the four-year prison sen sentence would have been what they found in her apartment during the quote-unquote raid. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, what amendment or amendments were the officers in violation of? Pay attention. There's going to be a test. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? You said sixth last the night. The sixth amendment. And the possibly and the fifth. possibly the fifth. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um... She was manipulated into believing that she couldn't call her lawyer. That alone is a violation of the Sixth Amendment right. Mm -hmm. Denying her legal counsel. Yes, denying her legal counsel. The option. The option for, for legal counsel. Mm -hmm. Because they manipulated her into believing that she... That she, she could get in more trouble. Well, yeah. And also, like they were like, don't call your attorney. Mm -hmm. So that right there is denying her the right to legal right. counsel and probably another reason why she didn't do it i mean because you think about a kid obviously that's scared mm -hmm. right um and obviously i mean she's selling to make extra money mm -hmm. so she probably don't have money for a lawyer she doesn't i'm sure well she, did and have, she didn't want to tell did, her parents she didn't have a lawyer but again i'm thinking she was able to pay the lawyer because she was selling a little bit of weed or whatever mm -hmm. Um, but that's the thing, like with, uh, Danny, uh, Danny Escobar and are we related in that episode, mm -hmm. he asked them, he told them, I want to, I want to talk to my lawyer. And mm -hmm. they were like, and his lawyer was in the building and they were like, no, you can't talk to your lawyer. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it's the, they're in violation of the sixth amendment because they're denying him the right to legal counsel, mm -hmm. just like they did to her. They violated the sixth amendment by mm -hmm. telling, by manipulating her into believing or telling her you can't do that mm -hmm. because this, this or that. It was a lie. Mm -hmm. Like they well, just yeah. manipulated that whole situation. Mm -hmm. It's all choice of words. It right? is. Yes. And people 
I mean, again, like I said yesterday, you know, last night, I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like, I would be scared if somebody was like, you know, banging on my door, hey, we're going to raid your house. Honestly, I would be like, okay, like, yeah. what am I going to say? They're yes. law enforcement. So you just automatically, you're taught as a young child that law enforcement is there to protect you. They're there to help you. They're there, which I'm not saying that they don't. I mean, I'm sure majority do everywhere. There's good and bad. But yes, absolutely. I mean, in a lot of instances, that's just your automatic reaction. Okay, well, yeah, go ahead. They're, I mean, they're in my best interest, you know. They're not gonna. They're not gonna fuck me. Yeah, they're not. They're gonna not. Fuck they're me. not here to hurt me. They're here to help me. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, somebody was like, if a police officer is like, we're here to raid. Honestly, I think I would be so scared. I wouldn't even say like, well, where's your search warrant? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to see it. You know what I mean? Or show me your search or, warrant. You know, yeah. I want a copy of that. I search want a warrant. copy of that or whatever. You know, so I can mm -hmm. imagine being t whatever. How old? How old was she? Twenty something. She was twenty three. Twenty three. I mean, I still wouldn't have known to do At that. At twenty three, I would have not known what the fuck yeah. was going on. I would have been mm -hmm. so scared out of my ass. Like, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. You don't know at 23. I mean, she, even though she went to college, like, and she graduated with dual mm -hmm. degrees or whatever, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If well, that doesn't make smart, you an expert. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't make you street smart. It doesn't make you, um, it doesn't like mean all of a sudden you're aware, you understand the law and you know right. all the, you know, rules and regulations to the law. Like, you mm -hmm. know, if you don't go into like any type of college where you're learning the law or to yeah. be an attorney, you don't know. Right. You don't know unless mm -hmm. that's what you do for fun and you're just reading up on all these things. Yeah. Like that's different. But if you like her, she didn't know. Yeah. And she's probably scared again to tell her. Exactly. Her and she was scared out. for her parents to find out. And she, I mean, she was going to school to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. She wasn't going to school to be a lawyer. Right. You know, were her were her Miranda rights ever read? No, I don't. Well, know. I don't know Who's because that? in that in your episode, um, till death do us part. What mm -hmm. did you say in that in that episode? What did, what did you say about um, law enforcement and and uh, Amber? If you're, they if you're not under arrest, they they can't they won't they can't read you your Miranda rights. They will unless, not read you yeah, the Miranda unless, rights. Your Miranda rights, yeah. unless mm -hmm. you are under arrest. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think she was read her Miranda rights. Like, I can guarantee with about, like, well, I can, like, say with about 90% certainty that she wasn't read her Miranda rights. Mm -hmm. Because she wasn't necessarily, quote, unquote, under arrest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a good lawyer could possibly argue that her Fifth Amendment rights were violated also. Mm -hmm. Because she does have the right to remain silent and she mm -hmm. does have the right to an attorney. Mm -hmm. And yet she was manipulated into thinking she wasn't. Mm. So already two violations, violations of her rights. Uh -huh. Ryan Pender, who was the vice lead investigator, would be the one behind the sting operation. He told Rachel the worst thing that could happen would be that they would have to intervene and quote unquote, I'm using air quotes, fake arrest her. Mm. But she would be able to go home at the end of the night. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Uh, yeah, that you just were sounds that. like a shady deal. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel was a lower le- lower level drug dealer, so I doubt they were gonna take like a whole fucking cartel down with like her help. Right. Rachel agreed with the terms and conditions presented to her by Ryan. The next day after the raid, Rachel went in to make her first attempt as a CI. She called her friend Dan Snyder, as Pender had advised her to do. Um, Dan was also a lower level drug dealer mm-hmm. as well, and more than and then. Um, so he sold marijuana, um, and a little bit of other drugs as well. Mm-hmm. He was Rachel's, um, uh, plug. So basically that means he was her supplier. Mm-hmm. And I think he supplied her with like weed. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I don't know if he supplied her with pills, but I know he supplied her with weed. Mm-hmm. Um, the purpose was, the purpose of the call was to try and set up a controlled buy off of, uh, Dan. They wanted to buy ecstasy off of him. Um, but once Rachel left the police station, she called Dan and told him what was going on. Mm-hmm. So Dan had a couple of charges on him as well. And he was willing to become a CI in order to have those charges dropped too. Mm-hmm. This would, this would be the first time that Rachel was in violation of the CI agreement that she had just signed, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't be the last time she, um, violated that agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, because Rachel was involved with the drug, the drug court program from her initial arrest, Mm -hmm. it was the duty of the Tallahassee PD to inform the state attorney's office that she was going to be used as an informant. However, that did not happen. Mm. Had they followed protocol, the state attorney's office would have never allowed her to be a part of the Tallahassee PD uh, Mm. CI program. It would violate the terms of her order through the drug court, but Tallahassee PD knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they knew that if she had contacted her attorney, they would have like stopped that fucking yes. instantaneously. Uh-huh. Um, Tallahassee PD wanted Rachel's plugs, uh, possibly so they could work their way up like the drug pyramid. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but Rachel wasn't going to rat them out because a lot of them had families and none of them were violent offenders. Mm-hmm. So her and Dan came up with a plan to target more of what they called the bad guys. I used mm-hmm. air quotes. So April 21st, 2008, Rachel and Dan went to Pinder and explained that Dan knew of an auto tent and detail shop in or around the middle of town. There were two guys by the name of Daniello, I think that's how you say his name, Bradshaw Mm -hmm. and Andrea Green, who were employed there and were big dealers who mainly sold drugs and guns. Mm. After they left the police station, Dan had taken Rachel to that shop and introduced her to the two convicted felons. Mm -hmm. Rachel and Dan meeting the two uh, targets was another violation of the CI agreement. Tallahassee PD has a protocol stating if someone proves themselves to be untrustworthy or unfit to be a CI, they should immediately be terminated from the use as a confidential informant, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if they knew that or not. Well, Mm -hmm. I think they did. If who knew that? um pender like if tallahassee pd knew that that dan had taken her to go meet them Mm -hmm. they had to have known because then the next day she goes and tells them Mm -hmm. so the day after meeting daniello and andrea rachel had gone back to the police station where detective pender had come up with an operations and raid plan also known as an ops plan Mm -hmm. rachel would purchase 1500 ecstasy pills a weapon and two to three ounces of cocaine from the two gentlemen, mm-hmm. totaling up to $13,000 worth of drugs. 
Okay. So whenever those plans are created, it is the detective's responsibility to type up the plan and -hmm. list the amount of drugs, paraphernalia, if that's what they're buying, and possibly weapons Mm -hmm. that are to be purchased. Once the plan is composed, it is then taken to a superior. It is then the responsibility of the lieutenant and or possibly sergeant to review and sign off on the plan. The OPS plan that Detective Pender had drawn up didn't give the right amount of drugs that were to be purchased Mm -hmm. and failed to mention the purchase of a firearm. Despite this being a rather strict protocol, the lieutenant that signed off on the plan later testified that she didn't actually read or review the OPS plan. No. She just approved it. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So Bull. she did mention the plan was discussed with her prior to her signing it, but she had never directly read or reviewed it. And the fact that he didn't put all that stuff in there, all that other stuff, that was like super weird. Like I said last night, I mean, that was just like so weird. And I mean, I just feel like that they were going to try to pin something else on her. If they didn't put all the stuff that she was supposed, that she supposedly agreed to, like if she had a firearm and they didn't put that in there i just felt like it was just something else that they could like dangle in her face that you had mentioned that last night and i had never thought about that you Mm -hmm. had said something about um you thought that um they had omitted the fact that Mm -hmm. she was purchasing a firearm yes because they um wanted to um, pin that on her yeah, once they picked her, her up. With it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then yeah, they could come back that. and say like, hey, well, this wasn't in the agreement. So, and I think again, it and would be another, and you signed it. And again, I think it would be another tool to dangle this in your face. Well, if you do, since you did this for us and you do this and we'll make this charge go away because you're not supposed to have, like, I think that's how they get you. You know what I'm saying? And they were probably going to be like, well, what I'm thinking is they're probably going to be like, well, you helped us. We got these people. Now we want to get somebody that's yeah, higher up in the chain. Yeah, yeah, a bigger fish. Yeah. That's and then they sick. wanted to use her. Yep. And that makes sense. Yep. It's just so fucking sad. Like, why would you admit, why would you omit, I was going to say admit, why would you omit the the fact of the firearm? And why would you omit the actual amount of drugs you're purchasing? That doesn't make sense. Like, why would you do that? And the lieutenant, I mean, the, so, okay. So the lieutenant knew, or I don't know if she was told or not, Mm -hmm. but the lieutenant, it was discussed prior that they were going to um they were going to give her like thirteen thousand dollars in unmarked bills Mm -hmm. so he omitted the fact that there was a firearm that was going to be purchased and he omitted the fact the Mm -hmm. um, exact amount of drugs that were to be purchased the amount of money versus what was put on paper that to me would raise a red flag like what are you why this doesn't match up Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. because these these narcotics narcotics detectives they Mm -hmm. know they know the street value of Mm -hmm. things they have to that's their job Mm -hmm. so i it had she read the ops plan and reviewed it she would have caught the amount of money versus what he had put on the ops plan didn't add up and then she would have been like why are you giving her way more money Mm -hmm. you know does that Mm -hmm. make sense yeah yeah Bontrell was snoring. So two days prior to the controlled buy, Daniela Bradshaw was the prime suspect in the theft of a 25 caliber handgun from the car 
of a customer at a Tallahassee car wash and tent shop where he worked. Mm -hmm. Tallahassee PD had conducted an investigation for the theft of the firearm, but Pender was never made aware of it. So this is, um, this would be like, I guess, um, I, I don't know if it would be, um, well, obviously it would be another division because, mm-hmm. um, Pender was, you know, in narcotics and this other mm-hmm. one, you know, the firearm, the theft of a firearm would be a different division, but Pender knew, um, that Daniello was going to be one of the targets. Mm-hmm. So you would think like how you say the left hand wasn't talking to the right hand. Right. Like right. you would think that they would be like looking for stuff. Right. right or, to, to hold him or something yeah, like that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or not even that, but just kind of like, we'll get him to flip kind, kind I mean, of obviously well, yeah. he would be the bigger, the bigger, the fish. bigger yeah, fish could get somebody to get, bigger. Right. Well, not just that, but then you would think that he would, um, like they, well, he knew that they were going to purchase a firearm off of him. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that would, that would mean to me, like if you're going to, these cops, they're paid to think like criminals. Right. Right. So then that would be like, well, he's either going to steal it or he's going to buy it off of somebody else, right. like an arms dealer. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that him not like, looking for stuff like that was like his fault on in that part too you know like um so anyways um he was never made aware of it um so may 5th was to be the day that the controlled buy took place Mm -hmm. rachel had asked a friend to film the deal so she had proof of it going down Mm -hmm. when she arrived at the tent shop the buy was rescheduled because green wasn't working that day Mm -hmm. bradshaw explained to her they had worked they worked as a team and um that they were unable to purchase the fifteen hundred dollars or the fifteen hundred pills the fifteen hundred x pills um and that it would take a few more days so they rescheduled for May 7th, 2008 in a subdivision off of North Meridian Road. It was um, the home of one of the two. One of, I don't know. I remember. I don't know which one it was. It didn't say, mm-hmm. but it was like one of the homes where they lived. Okay. Um, May 7th, 2008, Rachel arrived at the police station to be wired and collect the $13,000 of marked bills for the operation. Mm -hmm. Um, The person who usually handles the wiring procedures or like wiring the person up was out of the office that day. So Rachel Mm -hmm. was wired by somebody else who didn't know what the hell they were doing Mm -hmm. or possibly in training. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, police guaranteed Rachel that they would have eyes on her at all times and reassured her that everything would be okay. Once she was briefed at the station and prior to her leaving, the targets changed the location of the deal once again to Meadows Park. Mm -hmm. So she was still at the police station. So all the police knew, Mm -hmm. um, police had then set up two arrest teams in the park, a vehicle to block the targets four officers and individual vehicles to drive North and South along Meridian road and an additional surveillance, um, vehicle with, and then also a DEA plane to be able to monitor the overhead. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. I know, which brings me to another question, but go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I don't think you're there yet. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So at 6 28 PM, the targets text her and told her they were at forest meadows park. Mm Mm-hmm. 
At 6.40 p.m., Pender pulled into a parking lot to monitor Rachel's wire. Um, at 6.41 p.m., Rachel called Pender to tell him the targets changed the location once again mm-hmm. to a plant nursery about 1.5 miles north of the park. Mm-hmm. So, already, this is like, what, the third time that they've mm-hmm. changed the, the location? The location. Um, and then, uh, so then Rachel had received a phone call from the targets on or around 6.45 PM. They had a two minute conversation. The targets had once again changed the location. Mm-hmm. While Rachel was on the phone with the targets, Pender was attempting to call her as well, but couldn't get through cause she was mm-hmm. on the phone with the targets. Um, so I didn't put this in there, but so when Rachel had, when they had said that they were waiting for at the park, th- there was like people following her, like Pinder was following her. Um, and so she had, there was two parks that are next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the Meadows Park one. And then there was another one. I forget the name of the other one. Mm-hmm. But when she was going to pull into the park, she pulled into the wrong park. Mm. And so they had told her, you pulled into the wrong park. You, you know, you took a wrong turn. So because of that, she thought that they were, they were behind her mm. and she was like, oh, okay. Like she was like, I'm fine. Cause they, they're following yeah, me they and they know. know that I took the wrong turn. Um, and then that's when they called her again and told her we're changing location once again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rachel was under the understanding that Pender was telling her and would follow her to the new location because like I said, you know, she thought that they were following her, mm-hmm. but he had lost her. So anyways, mm-hmm. however, they had already lost her at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, but I think it was, uh, I forget. I know that, um, Pinder had like checked her wire and then somehow she, she took the wrong turn. That's when they told her, like you took the wrong turn. Mm -hmm. So then, then they had changed location. So then she went back on the road Mm -hmm. and started following her. So then at that point, Pinder was like, where is she at? Mm -hmm. And that's why he was calling her. Cause he couldn't, he didn't have, you know, eyes on her anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, at 6 46 PM, DA special agent Lou Andrus, I think that's his last name. Andrus Mm -hmm. drove past the plant nursery and noticed the two targets sitting in their BMW. Mm-hmm. Special Agent Lou was a minute north of Rachel, so he was ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, Pinder had informed everyone that Rachel's wire had failed. So mm-hmm. I don't know how, but he figured out that her wire had failed. But she didn't know that because so it must have failed like sometime after she had made the wrong turn mm-hmm. and when um agent special agent Lou seen the BMW. Mm -hmm. So sometime in between there. So sometime in between, um, six 43 and six 46. Wow. It's only three minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. But again, Rachel didn't know because Mm -hmm. you know, she thought that they were like, so anyways, um, he could no longer hear her or reach her on her cell. That's what he told everybody. Mm-hmm. The targets had changed location to Gardner Road. Pender finally got a hold of Rachel at 6.48 p.m. And she informed him of the new location. Mm-hmm. Um, Pender, ra- Pender radioed the units while on the phone with 
while on the phone with her and told them that she was where she was headed to, but had given them the wrong directions. So Rachel said she was headed. She was. So Rachel said she was on Gardner road, right? Mm -hmm. And headed towards the end of Gardner road. Pender had told the units that she was just a little past the nursery, but Mm -hmm. she wasn't. Um, at 6 49 PM, Rachel had reached her destination. So where that, where Gardner road is, there's like a lot of, um, undeveloped farmland out mm-hmm. there and it's very remote. Um, Rachel had no idea that her wire at this point wasn't working and mm-hmm. she was certain that Tallahassee PD and the DEA were like, you know, tailing her, like they were watching yeah. her. Okay. So I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Go ahead. I have a question. Yes. So they didn't know that she, that, well, they lost her basically. Mm-hmm. So didn't he have aerial view? Wasn't somebody? Yes, that's a good question. So what the hell are these people sleeping up during the flying or what? (laughs) Uh, So when, that's a good question and I forgot to put it in here too, but, but I read about it. So, um, the DEA had aerial view, right? But initially it was supposed to be at the park. So the, the, so the the plane was flying over the park but there was a lot of brush on the park like well from air you know from an aerial view yeah there's a lot of trees and stuff so they couldn't see that she left they couldn't see that she left what is that and the left hand isn't talking to the right hand and he is radioing these people the other units and no one thought to tell the dea helicopter guy anything And then my next question also is, I mean, okay, yeah, they wired her up, but why not her car? Oh, like a GPS system. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. That's a good idea. Or even wire the car itself. That's true, too. Why would they not do that? Mm -hmm. These are questions I forgot. I didn't ask last night, but (laughs) thinking about them now. now. Yeah. So, and then where she was, okay, so at at Meadows Park, there's Mm -hmm. all, like, there's all these trees that you can't see. Like, so they didn't see her leave the park. Mm -hmm. Um, Pender was radioing all these people that are on the ground, like, you know, on on um, land, like right. telling them like she's, you know, they're changing, you know, and then that's another thing that I thought to myself, like once they changed it from Meadows park to the first of all, when mm-hmm. they first changed it, they should have just called it off. Yeah. Nope. We're not doing this because this is suspect. Right. Why are they changing it? Exactly. And how the hell, if they're such big time drug dealers, how the hell are they not able to get 1500 1500 pills of ecstasy exactly and why is it taking them so long to do that like yes, you know yes. and another thing if they're like these you know people that they're trying to take off the street why would this guy have to steal a gun from a um a customer's vehicle yeah and then why wouldn't and then they saw they saw the targets parked right at one of the locations. Yes. So Special why would they D. take A. that Lou. opportunity? I know. Well, you because know? they can't they can't um, arrest them at that point I because know, there's nothing there's to nothing. arrest them on. Well, they could have lied and got them like on a parking violation. I mean, they're yeah. clearly lying about this whole freaking yes. rape shit show, anyways. Shit show. So now all of a sudden, so now all of a sudden they can't lie about <laughs> fucking arresting them. 
<laughs> making up a violation or something. You know, oh, you're in a parking violation. You're once, once Rachel called Pinder and said they changed the location to the nursery. I would have called it off. Yes. He should have just called it off then. He should have called it off the initially second time, the, yeah. the second time when you know initially when they had initially rescheduled yeah he should have been like nope this is we're not doing this so okay people fuck up i get that i get that people fuck up i fuck up everybody fucks up i get it right but but then, this is a cat and mouse game i mean exactly come on. when you're exactly. changing it two three four all exactly. the way to five times that's not there's those are there's so many red flags with this with this sting yeah so many red flags Okay. Oh my God. It's so, it, so oh, another thing I was going to say, so the, the park had a lot of trees and stuff, but where she went, it, it was, it was clear. It was bare. They could see her. E so if somebody would have got their head out of their ass and fucking told the DA helicopter person or whatever. Yeah. Go over there. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> how are we not cops? <laughs> I don't know. We're so good. <laughs> Like we're just solving the world's problems right here from my living room. From what's living room? <laughs> and my big old therapist chair, and I'm not even a therapist. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, oh, so then, so Rachel had no idea her wire was not working, and she was certain that she was being watched by Tallahassee PD and the DA. Mm-hmm. The lieutenant back at the station um, was monitoring the radio contact between uh, all the the people that were, you know, like Pender the and the line, DA. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. the DA agents and stuff, the other officers. Um, but she testified that she was distracted and not paying attention to what was going on. And she had only been in that position for less than three months. And this was her first vice unit operation. Mm -hmm. Which I said last night, they <sighs> should have like a sh couple of shadows, trainers. They should have, she should have been shadowing yeah. somebody. But not just that. I mean, and then we said this too last night was like, um, you know, especially during sting operations, like you have to be on your A game. Right. You can't be distracted by shit. Like, what the fuck are you distracted by, bitch? Mm -hmm. Fucking you know, like what are what is more important to you mm -hmm. than this shit? I mean, if this this was a from what it sounds like, they had a lot of units involved, right? right. So to them, it was like a bigger. A, they were getting like a bigger bust, right? Yeah. But I mean, so then you need to be on your A game. Like, mm -hmm. why are you distracted? Why are you not paying attention to what was going on? You know, through the radio traffic. Like, right. what the fuck are you doing? Right. Finger flicking the bead. Yes. Finger flicking her bean and probably finger flicking her bean to somebody yeah. on the goddamn phone. Bet. <sighs> anyway. So, um, the targets did not have any drugs on them. Mm. Their intent was to rob her of the $13,000. Mm -hmm. So, when Rachel arrived... They were there. No one, obviously, nobody knows what exactly went down mm -hmm. because her wire wasn't working. Mm -hmm. They had lost Rachel. She was alone with these two felons um, who were, who had um, known violent offenses prior to this. Mm -hmm. um, so she gets there and we don't know what happened. All we know 
is that Rachel was shot five times, mm. three times in the chest and twice in the head. Her fingers uh, were blown off as she put her hand up to try and shield the bullets from entering her body. Oh, my God. How awful. Rachel was murdered between 6.50 and 6.52 p.m. on May 7th, 2008. Mm. By the time Tallahassee PD arrived at the scene, nobody was there. Mm. All that was left... All the, all the evidence that was left behind that they recorded mm -hmm. was one flip-flop sandal, mm -hmm. one spent 25 caliber round, two live 25 caliber rounds, and tire marks. Walk on her chancla. Mm-hmm. Her chancla. Her chancla was left at the scene. Yeah, it was. Mm. On May 8th, 2008, on or around 2 a.m., Rachel's parents were called by Sergeant Odom of the Tallahassee PD. All they were told was that Rachel was missing and weren't given any other information besides they needed to go down to the police station, like right away. Which is shady as hell. Right? Right. Shady They're as all together. Fuck. Upon their arrival, Chief of Police Dennis Jones greeted them. He then took them to the narcotics unit and told them that their daughter was missing, but they were working effortlessly to try and locate her, but they, they didn't think that she was in any danger. So, they didn't think that she was in any danger. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um. They lost them. <laughs> they lost her. Poor thing. But, okay, so, uh, Rachel's mom, Margie, said that she thought it was weird that, um, the chief of police had greeted them. Yeah. And. When does the chief of police start looking for any missing people? Exactly. Unless they're prompted to do so. Exactly. After. And 48 hours yes, of them exactly. being missing. And even then, even then, yeah. like the chief of police never gets involved. Exactly. I mean, how many times do you see that show disappeared? Yeah. Where people just go missing out of thin air. Yeah. And the chief of police doesn't go yeah. out of his way to be like, oh, well, you know. Showcasing himself <laughs> or herself or whatever. Yeah. The and um, she said she also thought it was weird that, that they took him to the narcotics unit. Because, yeah. again, Rachel's parents had no idea what was going on. Wow. They were, like, completely in the dark about everything. Yeah. Um, it was never mentioned to them that she was working as a confidential informant for Tallahassee PD. Her idea... Ha her, her idea. Her parents had, like, no idea um, about her initial charges. Mm -hmm. The raid of her apartment on April 17th of that year. Mm -hmm. Um... Or what was found, like, in the apartment. And it was never mentioned to them that they had basically um, manipulated and coerced her to become a CI for them. Mm -hmm. um, so, 18 hours at about 12 p.m. the next day mm -hmm. um, after her disappearance, Rachel's Volvo was found abandoned in Perry, Florida. It was empty oh, and parked under... Like under a tree outside of like a welding shop. Mm -hmm. So um, while like while all this went on, because I don't really remember where her parents lived, mm -hmm. but they had to like where she lived. Well, she lived like in um, where the Florida State University is. So I'm assuming Tallahassee because it's Tallahassee PD. Mm -hmm. um, she had her own apartment there. So her parents didn't live in that city. They lived mm -hmm. elsewhere. So mm -hmm. they had to drive in. Um, and they stayed at her apartment until they like could, until right. they found her. You yeah. Know? Probably waiting for her to come home yeah, or whatever. Yes. Uh -huh. Or, you know, hoping, against hoping hope that yes, she'll that show she up. Show up. Yeah. 
And so while they were there, Tallahassee PD sent um, a victim's advocate to hang out with them there. Which is another red flag. Yes. I want to know why the victim's advocate is there. Exactly. Why are you here, bitch? Why are you here? Well, yeah, because usually victim's advocate are for people that get assaulted. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or some other shit is going down. Yes, exactly. You know? And so they had sent her there. um, And she was... What she was doing, the victim's advocate, what she was doing was whatever information she was hearing that was going on in the apartment, mm-hmm. she was going back and reporting it to Tallahassee PD. She was, she was a snitch. Yes, she was a snitch. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And how much you want to make a bet that that was some other backdoor Billy? Yes. Freaking uh, bullshit yeah, going on be. over there. It had to be. Why would you have a victim's advocate? That is like the weirdest thing. Well, I don't know. I'm not in law enforcement, so maybe there's something that they that but they know. You had but mentioned still. last night that you only send a victim's advocate there if somebody's uh, a victim, yeah. assaulted, or a victim of some sort of crime. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean... <sighs> She she was just quote unquote missing. That's at the, what I'm saying. So how would they know she was a quote unquote victim? Yeah. And why would they send this victim's advocate? I don't know. And to be a snitch about what? Like what are they gonna know? I mean, like what was she? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I. What I, would she be reporting back I, to them? That I think any kind of information that she uh, could gather. Like what you know? I mean, maybe sick. like if they if like a friend had said like. Oh yeah, well, you know, she was um she sold pills to this person or that. Just Probably whatever they could use against it. her. Exactly. Twisted into whatever they could use against her to their benefit. Yes. Anything. Any little thing that they could use to benefit them cuz they knew at this point they were in hot fucking water. Yeah. They had to have known. Yeah. They had to have known. That's what I was going to say, twisted to their benefit so they could be like probably oh well it was her fault or you know, she asked for it or whatever to get their ass out of the hot seat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sick. So the victim's advocate that was assigned to her parents stated that there was, oh, um, so yeah. So then they found her car and then the victim's advocate, she was there mm-hmm. and she explained to her parents that there was, um, no blood found in the car, which was a lie. That was a fucking lie. I was just going to say. If her fingers were blown off. Her car was covered in blood so much that they considered her car, quote unquote, totaled Mm. because of the condition of care the car was in. And how did they, did the parents find that out? They did. Obviously later. They found it out. um, And how did the victim's advocate know that? (laughs) She's not in the field. She didn't find the car. How is she going to know? You know what I mean? Well, I guess they were like keeping in contact with her, the Ugh. police station. Whatever. You know, they were, so they told her so she could tell them, mm. you know, she's probably fucking one of them cops. Lies. Bet. How much you want to bet? How much bet. you want to bet she was mm-hmm. fucking one of them cops? Well, I don't know if she was or not. I'm yeah. just saying. We don't know. Just, just being a crap. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday. It's Sunday. <laughs> Today's a good day to talk shit. <laughs> Today's a holy day. (laughs) So that gives us a reason to be unholy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, Rachel's phone was found on the side of the road. Irv, her her father, said once he heard that, he had a dark and ugly feeling. 
he knew at that point she was gone. He stated she loved that iPhone. Mm. Um, he bought it for her as a gift. Mm-hmm. And um, later that evening, Green and Bradshaw were arrested in Orlando, but Rachel was nowhere to be found. She oh, was not really? with them. Mm-hmm. Wait, who and Bradshaw? Green and Bradshaw, the two guys. Oh, okay. Daniello and Andrea. And Andrea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, on, yeah, they found, they found them, but she wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't nowhere to be them. found. Mm-hmm. She mm. wasn't there. Poor thing. Oh, I just, I don't even want to think about it. I feel sorry for her dad. Cause he was like, I knew once they found her phone on the yeah. side of the road, like she was. Okay. So on May 9th, 2008 mm-hmm. on or around six to 7 a.m., uh, Rachel's body had been found near Perry, Florida, which is about 50 miles away from Tallahassee. That was where her car was found too, right? Yes. Her, okay. but her car wasn't near her body. Okay. Like they found her car first and right. then they found her body somewhere mm-hmm. else. Yes. Same town, different Same location. Town, different location. Yes. Gotcha. Uh huh. She had been dumped in a ditch. Her body had been dumped in a ditch, a dry mm. Creek bed near cabbage road. Cabbage Grove Road. Mm. Um, her body had been covered with her Grateful Dead sweatshirt she kept in her vehicle. Mm. I know. Poor thing. Um, Rachel's parents had watched the news coverage on TV in her apartment. Mm. And that's how they found out that their, her car was covered in blood. Oh, my God. And that's how they found out um, that... They found her body. Well, her actually what happened, what happened was Mm -hmm. um, her mom and her stepdad had gone to the grocery store to get bagels and stuff. So when Mm -hmm. she got home, like, like, you know, just have like breakfast ready. Yeah. Like, and then when she got home, yeah, Mm -hmm. she would have something to eat or whatever. Um, And I think Irv is the one that uh, seen it first. And then he called her mom, her mother. Mm hmm. And her mom just was screaming in the store, like, oh my, they, my daughter's been murdered. I need to find mm. my husband. Where the hell is my husband? Mm. Could you imagine? Like, I can't. Oh, my God. That is awful. That poor lady. I, well, and her then, poor parents. Yeah. And then, you know, because obviously at this point, hoping against hope, like, she's going to come home. You know, yeah. I'm going to have breakfast for her. Yes, that's what she you said. You know, yeah. she comes home and that way, whatever happened, you know. And then they caught, they caught, um, Daniello and, and, uh, Andrea and they, right. then she wasn't with them. Right. So I, I think they were probably like, well, she, maybe she escaped maybe or got she away. Maybe she escaped or got away. Yes. Yeah. And, Just hoping against yes. hope at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And then, yeah. Oh my God. That's um, sad. her father, Irv Hoffman states that was the beginning of what he now sometimes calls, quote unquote, the smearing, mm. where the police statements and news coverage reports um, reporter as this horrible drug dealing monster. That's See? what he That's said. That's insane. Ugh. To mm-hmm. cover their tail. Yeah, to cover their ass. You know. Pender claims Rachel had managed to reach him a few minutes before, uh, a few minutes after he couldn't reach her. And she told him, I followed them from the nursery. We're on Gardner. It looks like the deal is going to go here. It's a dead end street. Pinder stated he had told her, turn around, turn around. Do not follow them. Then the phone just cut off. He said, I had no response from her. 
Pender told investigators, which meant, you know, either she hung up on me or we lost the signal. I don't believe that. I don't either. I don't believe that. Why would you even be okay with her going to the third or fourth location? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, change it one time. Okay, fine. Not even then. I like, know, but I'm you, saying yeah, like but people, to, yeah, people fuck up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah get that. Whatever. Yeah. But but to just let it go that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the whole thing just sounds. And ridiculous. I think also like, I think she did tell him we. I followed them from the nursery. We're on Gardner. Mm-hmm. It looks like the deal is going to go here. It's a dead end street. Mm-hmm. I believe she did tell him that because okay. that's when he said that. That's um, where they knew where to go. Kind of where to Well, remember when I said that um, he she he was on the phone with her and he was radio, radioing mm-hmm. the other units. Mm-hmm. But he told them the wrong location. He mm. told them it was just past the nursery. Mm. And she said it was on Gardner Road all the way down. Do you remember mm. me saying that? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that sounds kind of suspect mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Pender was initially terminated from the Tallahassee PD after an internal investigation was conducted by the police department. Mm -hmm. They found 14 separate policies and procedures that had been broken or violated, most of them under Pender's watch. Wow. He was later reinstated with the Tallahassee PD with full back pay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So they did the investigation. They found. Let his ass go. And then brought him back with full pay for that whole full time he was gone. Back pay. And then, and I we had st- we had um, s- said this last night. I think you were saying that um, you thought that it was they brought him back because the lieutenant hadn't actually reviewed. Yeah, the OPS that was, plan. It was probably like a loophole. Mm-hmm. That she you hadn't know. actually reviewed the OPS plan, and she wasn't really. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I said, well, and then she wasn't paying attention to um, the radio, you know, contact between everybody. Right. So we don't know. We're just speculating Speculating. here. This is speculation. Yeah. Uh, Rachel's funeral services were conducted on Tuesday, May 13th, 2008 at 11 a.m. at the Temple Avat Shalom in um, Palm Harbor, Florida. Mm. She, She was buried at Curlew Hills Memorial Gardens adjacent to the temple. Mm-hmm. So on December 29th, 2009, Rachel's parents filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. On December 17th, 2009, Daniello Bradshaw was convicted of first degree murder and robbery with a firearm and sentenced to life in prison with no parole. Wow. On December 29th, 2009, Andrea Green was convicted of second-degree murder and and robbery with a firearm and sentenced to life in prison with no parole. Good. Um, March 5th, 2012, Florida House passes a 2.4 million Hoffman uh, passes 2.4 million um, to the to the Hoffman or to the uh-huh. settlement. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The city publicly apologized and settled a wrongful death lawsuit with Rachel Hoffman's parents. The total settlement was $2.6 million. Mm-hmm. 200 of that came from the city budget and the rest um, from passing of the bill. Mm-hmm. So this is um, a quote from the senator. He said, um, Senator of Florida, 
He said, upon the discovery of Rachel Hoffman's body, the chief and public information officer of the Tallahassee Police Department appeared before media and blamed Rachel Hoffman for her death, Mm -hmm. stating that she had failed to follow, quote unquote, established protocols, but failed to explain what those protocols were and admitted no negligence or wrongdoing on the part of the Tallahassee Police Department. Mm -hmm. It was while watching television that Irving Hoffman and Margie Weiss learned that their daughter, who had been missing, was murdered while serving the Tallahassee Police Department in an undercover capacity. Mm. And that is a direct quote from Senator Mike Fasano. Mm -hmm. Due to this botched sting operation, they now utilize this case as a what-not-to-do um, for trainings and law enforcement, like for the narcotics trainings mm-hmm. throughout the whole United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they use that as like an example, like right. this is what went wrong. What could you have done different? Like, right. you know, um, investigators now conduct more intensive background, um, investigator, um, invest, they conduct more intensive back. I can't talk. Mm-hmm. They investigators now conduct more intensive background investigations on suspects and work to find like work to find out everyone who may be at a target location. Mm-hmm. That was a key failure in Rachel's case um, to find out every I don't I think just the whole thing was like a key failure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the plan from the get go. Yeah. From, from the jump. raid. Yes. Exactly. From the unknown. From the undocumented yeah. raid. Yes. I mean, that's for starters. I know. They want a starting point. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I would start. I mean, that they is. Want a starting point. Stupid. Yeah. All, conf- all confidential informants work also. Um, is now done in conjunction with the state attorney's office, probation officers, and other court administrators, Miller said. Well, so yeah. they all have to be involved now. If you're they therapy, should. Yeah, they should have been from day one. Yes. Oh, my God. So because of this, Rachel's law was created. It requires law enforcement agencies to disclose certain information to persons requested to be informants. Um, it requires law enforcement agencies to provide opportunity to consult with legal counsel to, to a person requested to serve as an informant. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires training for persons involved with recruitment and use of informants. It requires agencies to adopt policies and procedures to preserve safety of informants, law enforcement personnel, target offenders, and the public. Mm-hmm. It requires agencies that use confidential informants to address recruitment, control, and use of the informant in its policies and procedures. It requires agencies to establish policies and procedures to assess suitably of potential informants, or suitability, I'm sorry, suitability of um, potential informants. Mm-hmm. Uh, requires agencies to establish procedures to maintain security of records relating to informants. It requires agencies to periodically review informant practices and that uh, they have to provide that act does not grant uh, grant any right or entitlement to informant or person who is requested to be informant. Um, Provides that any failure to abide by act does not create any additional right enforceable by defendant in criminal proceedings so like mm-hmm. what you said so like if like how he left out the firearm mm-hmm. 
And you were like, he was going to use that against her later mm-hmm. on. That's what I think that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, failure to abide by act does not create any additional yes. right enforceable by a defendant in criminal proceedings. Yeah, I have a feeling that's what they were doing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, sure you're right. Another carrot to dangle in her face. Mm-hmm. She's already in a bunch of trouble. Hot yes. water. Uh huh. So that was effective on July 1st, 2009. Mm-hmm. And um, then it says, like, confidential informants. And it says... Requires law enforcement agencies that use confidential informants to adopt policies and procedures providing reasonable protective measures and requires agencies to refer certain pros- uh, certain prospective and current informants to, subs- to substance abuse prevention or treatment. It requires that policies and procedures provide general guidelines for management and safety of confidential informants and training requirements for certain agency personnel. Revises mm-hmm. factors used... Um, in, assess- in assessing persons' suitability as a confidential informant, requires law enforcement agencies that solicit persons to act as um, act as CIs to provide them with an opportunity to consult with an attorney mm-hmm. prior to agreeing to become one. Yeah, prohibits minors from participating in certain activities. Prohibits person who is receiving substance abuse services or related treatment from participating in certain activities prohibits Florida college system and university police from recruiting or using enrolled students for certain activities mm-hmm. requires law enforcement agencies to annually collect and submit confidential informant data. Mm-hmm. And that was effective October 1st, 2015. Oh, wow. So that's the tragic story of Rachel Morningstar Hoffman. Wow. Um, the credits go to ladybug.com, newyorker.com, rachelmorningstarfoundation.com, and mm-hmm. tallahassee.com. Wow. Yeah. That is a very unfortunate story. Story. Very, very unfortunate. I didn't put this in there, but like, um, I think I told you last night that, you know how when, um, people get buried, you Mm -hmm. know how some people like get dirt and then they throw it on the coffin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a, um, Jewish tradition. Yeah. You said that Uh last night. That, um, so the, the Jewish believe that that's like the ultimate selfless act because the person can't bury themselves. Mm -hmm. So they get a shovel and they get dirt and then they throw it on the, no, not throw it on the coffin, but they place it on the coffin. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like Sending a selfless off, act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I never so knew crazy. that. I, I've always it. seen people do that, but I didn't know it was a Jewish tradition. It yeah. originated from, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and then, um, and then another thing that I didn't put in there was that, um, after she had died, Rachel's dad has gone to her, he went to her grave every single day for two years. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is so sad. She was the only child for both of her parents. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awful. Like, um, you know, just just the whole thing. And it's so sad because it seemed like, you know, she got herself into some trouble and then she was trying to fix it, trying to make it right, yeah. trying to get out of, yeah. out of the mess that she had created mm-hmm. for herself, you know. And, you know, like, she she was fucking up. I mean, you know, she was. But, but there's, there's a difference, though, I feel like. not, And I don't want to say difference, but I feel like, you know, kids are always doing stupid shit. Right. You mm-hmm. know. 
I mean, you know, and and I'm not condoning what she did. I'm not saying that what she did was okay because mm-hmm. it wasn't. But I don't think she was like even like a quote unquote drug dealer. I yeah. think she did sell to friends, but I don't think it was anything that. And I think she did it to make money because right. um, her friend, the one that she had asked to film the mm-hmm. the you know. The sting. Uh-huh. Um, That's what I had asked last night. What happened to her friend? She, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and I'll say that. So she said that um, Rachel liked to make these big dinners for her friends. Like, mm-hmm. she liked... Because she loved to cook. And that was mm-hmm. why she wanted to go to culinary arts school and then do mm-hmm. this whole... Making all her friends dinner with the groceries that her dad was buying her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think... Because that's what she was like. Because they said that... Um, Tallahassee PD had stated that um, Rachel was selling anywhere from 1.2 to 1.5 million dollars of weed annually. Oh yeah, and yeah. so her friend, <laughs> I'm sure, her friend was like, Rachel was very generous. You know, like she would have us over and she would cook us dinners and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's what I was saying last night. Or she, the girl was like, but she wasn't making that much money. Come she did not on. live like her parents are her parents paid for her to live. Right. They paid for her rent. They paid for her car. They paid for her groceries. They paid right. for her toiletries. So, and I think I was telling you last night, like I feel like Rachel was, um, possibly doing that too again. Cause she liked throwing these dinners mm-hmm. for her friends and mm-hmm. her dad probably didn't give her a lot of, um, gift card money like for groceries mm-hmm. and stuff so I think what she did was like she was like well we still need groceries or what if I feel like making dinner mm-hmm. this night or that night I'll have at least a little bit of money mm-hmm. just making her own money so she wouldn't have to keep going back to her parents right. and asking them for money right. uh-huh. um, so I think that's why she did it you mm-hmm. know and um, so her friend said you know but she did not live the lifestyle of somebody that made 1.2 or 1.5 million dollars annually selling weed. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, come on, like you got to be moving a lot of freaking pounds, right? Of to, weed, uh, yeah. Of weed to be making that kind of mm-hmm. street value money. Yes, I mean, exactly. come on, yeah. you know. Yes. And so, but again, Tallahassee PD were they were trying to make out to be the bad guy. That's what I was going to say. They were they were they fucked up royally and trying they to were cover their ass. trying to cover their ass, yeah. And so um, her friend, I forget her name, but um, she said that she was in contact with her. Um, that Rachel had texted her, like mm-hmm. you know, it's about to go down or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and um, she's like, that she said she told her where she was at, and she goes, I was like five minutes away from her, and she said that she would text me when she got there, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but she said that Rachel never texted her. Mm-hmm. So she goes, I just kind of like waited around. Like I kind of drove around, but then she didn't hear from her. So she just left. Right. So she thought that, uh, Tallahassee PD had probably like quote unquote fake arrested her, like right. swooped in or whatever. And she was like, and I just felt, I just thought like I would hear from her later that right. she went to the police station. They had to like pretend that they had really arrested her and stuff. Yeah. And um, so she says she went home to her boyfriend's house because her boyfriend is the one that introduced her and Rachel. Okay. And him and Rachel had lived in the same uh, apartment complex. Mm-hmm. He lived a building over. So she says she went to her boyfriend's house and that she was like, she goes, I wasn't really nervous at first because um, she goes, I felt like she had kept reassuring me like mm-hmm. all these units are going to be there mm-hmm. all these you know the da is going to be there right she know, felt safe plain she clothes she officers was safe. were going to be there pender's going to be there 
Um, mm. So I'll be wired. Everything will be fine. So she kept reassuring her friend and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend had texted her, um, be careful. Make sure that you, um, please be careful. Make sure that you make it out, out of there okay. He mm-hmm. was like, kind of like you. Mm. He told her that. Um, and so the friend said that she didn't, she goes, you know, I went home and I, I just kind of hung out and then I went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then she said at three o'clock in the morning, Tallahassee PD were like banging on, on her boyfriend's door. What? Asking where Rachel was. And she was what? like, I had no idea. I was like, isn't she with you? Wow. And they said, no, she's not. Mm. And then she said that at that point, she started kind of getting nervous, you know. Oh and God. then she also said that um, her parents were like in the dark about everything. Her parents didn't know anything, anything about the her initial, like her initial um, traffic, like when they had pulled her over and found weed. They didn't know about the drug court. They didn't know about mm-hmm. um, the raid. They didn't know about anything. And she goes in. Her parents didn't even know she was a CI. She goes in. When I was at the apartment, like, I, I felt bad and I wanted to tell them so bad, but I didn't want to get her into more trouble because I really didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then she says, you know, she, but she said that they ended up finding out through the media. Uh. So she said that she just went back home. She didn't hear from Rachel, so she just went back well, to her boyfriend's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's really, it was such a sad case. Like, that it's is so awful. Sad. That was just a shit show. That was a shit show, um, huh? Like a fucking complete shit show. Mm-hmm. Dog and pony show. <laughs> Dog and pony show. Dog and On the pony. Tallahassee. PD. PD. Thanks, Pinder. Informant. CI. Bullshit. So this was a case suggestion. Mm-hmm. Honey Case suggested this to mm-hmm. me. Um... I thought it was pretty cool. Like, as I started digging and, like, you know, was like, oh, my God, this Mm -hmm. poor girl. But, hey, you know, it's it's so sad. um, But for everybody out there, I mean, myself included, you know, seek an attorney. Yeah. At all times. It seems like. If they're telling you not to, that's when you should. That's a flag right there. (laughs) Yes, like a huge red flag. Yeah. I mean, anybody... It just seems like, you know, as we go through more and more of these Cases. stories, it's like, right? wow, you know, yes. I mean, that is your right. Yeah, and, it is. And you I mean, should you should totally it. do it. Yeah. Exercise that right. Yeah. You just never know, you know, you just, don't. I mean, ugh. you don't like I was so watching, scary. I was watching the Jeffrey Epstein uh, series on Netflix uh-huh. when they were questioning him. He was just looking and he's like. I uh, I'm gonna exercise my Fifth Amendment right. Yeah, that was to, that was his answer to I know every, every single question, question. I was like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" Well, he was so good <laughs> he too. Was. He would say like, "I would love to talk to you about that," but unfortunately, my attorney has advised me to, to you know exercise my exercise Fifth Amendment rights. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because like a lot of people don't know those rights. Like they don't understand oh. them. They don't know them. God. And nobody, and I think that they should teach them, like they should drill them in your head in school. Hey, they should do that in school. That's like basic knowledge. Like people should know. And you know, everybody says like, I mean, 
you know, what's, you know, public knowledge, you should read, you should read. Well, hey, a lot I mean, of people don't do it though. Well, yeah. I mean, myself included. Oh, I yeah, mean, I'm, me too. you know, I'm freaking, guilty of that. I am too, you know, sitting over here, finger flicking <laughs> my bead, <laughs> not thinking about, yeah. you know, what if I get in some type of trouble for whatever yeah, reason, yeah, for whatever reason, like, you, you never just, know, you never know, yeah. like any little thing. And, and like, you know, it was so funny because I was when I was researching this case and they were like telling when I read that they told her that she uh, didn't need to tell her attorney. I'm like, hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah. Let me go get the case notes for Are We Related? Yeah. So I did that, girl. I went and I got the case notes for Are We, Are we Related? Mm-hmm. That's our episode where we talked about an Ernesto Miranda yeah. and the Miranda rights, the mm-hmm. birth of the Miranda rights. So I went and I started looking. I'm like, what, what, what amendment was that? So I knew that Miranda was for the Fifth Amendment, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember if Dan, um, if Escobar, I think it was Danny Escobar, mm-hmm. if it, if his was the Fourth or the Sixth Amendment. Because oh, I know okay. it was like before or after um, mm-hmm. Miranda's. Um, and so I was like, which one was it? Which one? So I go and I look, and I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. they violated her Sixth and Fifth Amendment rights mm-hmm. because so Escobar's was his sixth mm-hmm. amendment the sixth amendment wow mm-hmm. that is crazy and I mean. so i was like oh man this is fucked up and then i was like when they were like well she wasn't really under arrest i was like wait a minute she wasn't under arrest mm-hmm. so they weren't gonna that's why they didn't read her her miranda yeah because she wasn't under arrest and then i thought of your case mm-hmm. the um till death do us part and i was right. like holy shit right it's like girl it's so true like you learn about all these things yeah doing these cases and exactly it's, like, it's so scary like i mean you know sheesh anything could happen yeah. i mean you could just happen to be at the wrong place at, at the, the wrong, wrong time. time exactly you know or mm-hmm. anything i mean you know, I think we wake up every day, you know, just... We just take so many things for, for granted. For granted, yeah. So many things for so granted. So scary, but... And we think everybody has our best, best interest, interest at heart, and they don't. I know. They don't, especially, like, again, I don't want to talk bad about cops. I don't think... All, I know all cops aren't bad. I know that for sure. There's good and bad in any... In any um, I guess government or any profession, yeah, any, any, profession any person, yeah, any, any individual, any, yes, you know, yes, exactly. Any, there's like good and bad everywhere, right. all over the world. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's just seems like, you know, these cops are like some of these cops. I just, I have no words for them. Uh-huh. It just in general people in general well yeah but I'm, I'm saying law enforcement because mm-hmm. these are the cases that we're doing mm-hmm. like and um are we related they mm-hmm. did that to him to ernesto and danny mm-hmm. um till death do us, till death do us part they did that mm-hmm. to, um to amber mm-hmm. um to you know uh rachel they did it to rachel mm-hmm. jeffrey epstein look at all the shit he got away with because mm-hmm. he had money mm-hmm. and look at all these other people that have no money and mm-hmm. they're the book is thrown at them and mm-hmm. it's like what the fuck what what kind of what kind of country do we live in mm-hmm. it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty yeah not the other way around that's how it usually is the other way around and the other way around and you mm-hmm. know and it's not fair that people with money they're innocent until proven guilty and even if they are proven guilty they mm-hmm. can pay pay off people to get them off that's right. not fucking fair right mm-hmm. but it happens every single day 
It does. Well, so always, always exercise your Fifth and Sixth Amendment mm-hmm. rights. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because for sure, man, anytime, any, and you. I be. mean, a lot of people are like, "Well, why do I need an attorney? It just makes me look guilty." Who gives a shit how yeah. it makes you look? I mean, that's your life. Exactly, that's your life, and that's your right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm. Hey. I don't hey. give a shit how how I look. I don't if care I how like, guilty I look. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Bet like I'm. Bet. I'm they ain't gonna get me like that, Nessa. <laughs> Hell no, I ain't going down Hell like that. Hell no. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I feel so mm-hmm. bad for her parents. I know. And her dad, like he went out there every single day for two years. Yeah. Oh, that just breaks my heart. That's awful. I would. Oh my God. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's the story. So good job. That was a you. good, good, good uh, story with a lot of twists and turns. Right. And, and the cops. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what the heck? I know. It's like, what the hell was Tallahassee PD doing? The lieutenant down to the, the detective down to fucking the damn DEA. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? In the aerial view. What, yeah. What was going on? What kind of shit show are you guys running down yeah. there? <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyways, but yeah. It doesn't surprise me. I know. I don't know but. why I act surprised anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, follow us on all our social media accounts. Um, Facebook is the Miranda Rights Podcast. Um, Instagram is the Miranda Rights underscore 19. Um, our Twitter is at capital T, lowercase h-e, uh, capital M, lowercase i-r-n-d-a, capital R, lowercase g-h-t-s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our website is the Miranda Rights Podcast.com and our email is the Miranda Rights 2019 at gmail.com. Yep. Please go rate, review, download, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's it. If you guys have any case suggestions or if you guys want to tell us about um, any paranormal experiences you have. Or maybe if you've had, like, something with, like, you've had, like, a run with the law and they mm-hmm. kind of, like, try to hustle you like they did um, Rachel right. or... Ernesto or Amber mm-hmm. like if you had something and then you know for whatever reason you were like nope mm-hmm. we want to hear all those stories yes yes we cool. do that would mm-hmm. be cool we could talk about it in our couch cheese yeah man. couch cheese man. Um, uh-huh. when we have open forums yeah that would yes. be awesome if anybody like if mm-hmm. you guys have like have Just had anything. situations you know right. where you've run in you know you've had like little run-ins with the law or maybe you were at the wrong place at the wrong time and mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you felt like your rights might have been violated or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you, if you guys want to tell us to fuck off, just email it to us. Don't put it on a review. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you want to leave a bad review, you have to leave us. You have to give us a donation of a minimum of $20. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. And just know that if you email, watch yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It is a it, document. No, yes, just kidding. it is a public document. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that out there <laughs> <laughs> yes it is that is correct yeah but um happy father's day right today yes. is a real father's oh, day yeah. happy father's day to all the fathers out there all of our male listeners mm-hmm. um we did record last night but the sound was 
awful. It was like a huge, like buzzing noise in the yeah. background. So we redid it. So hopefully this one's good, and it didn't. That yes. buzzing noise didn't jump in somewhere. I, know. I, was I don't like, know what, what the it hell is. Was that? Must be something paranormal. Oh my <laughs> god, <kidding>. that's hilarious. <laughs> Mm-hmm. somebody didn't want us to do the podcast last night it was a sign <laughs> <laughs> but yeah happy father's day to all the guys out there mm-hmm. all the good daddies that take care of their babies mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's happy father's day daddy <laughs> <laughs> yes happy father's day guys mm-hmm. you guys uh make the world go round bet mm-hmm. if it wasn't for you guys there would be no people well if it wasn't for women actually if it wasn't for both people mm-hmm. i guess yeah but you know you guys um play an important role in your children's lives and yeah good for you you. (laughs) and fuck them bitches to the dads that don't get to see their kids because their bitches like to fucking use their kids as pawns fuck them bitches yeah (laughs) ftbs (laughs) you're still a dad (laughs) all right then bye Bye. guys talk to you later bye bye